name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. All right, we're at the end of the conference, and I will. I never ask people to take notes, but maybe on your phones, because today, this last talk, is kind of like the playbook of what we're going to do out there. So I would say maybe jot down things on your phone or, or whatever, and I never ask people to take notes or anything like that, but I just think it might be, might be helpful. Um, also, for, does anybody have a clicker? <laughs> I don't know if it's... Oh, it's here? Okay, so um, so today, yeah, take notes and maybe see what you can do from these things as our playbook, as our action, to as we go out from the conference. The worst thing we can do is take, take, take in the weekend and then go do nothing, nothing, nothing out there. So this is our chance to kind of um, take it one step at a time. So the first couple sessions, who remembers the first session? What was the first session about? Searching for your more, okay? And the search doesn't happen only on the weekend, and we're going to keep searching, okay? And we know that we're going to find what God designed us to do. What about yesterday's talk? What was it? Num- talk number two was about what? Going into the, the unknown, the voyage into the unknown. We know that to find our more, to find our purpose, we know it's going to be difficult. We know it's going to be in the unknown. So now it's time to go outside beyond the walls of the church and do our thing. Thank you. And this is the goal on, your, on the slide here. This is the goal of what we want to do outside the walls. We want to go, if anybody attended at my workshop, I talked about this briefly, but we want to go connect with the community outside, okay, the people in our daily life, the people in our, our, and I'm going to talk about that specifically today, that's why I said I want you to take some notes, connect with them so we can connect them with who? With Christ. We want to connect with them so we can connect them with Christ himself. So that's kind of the goal today. The truth is, here's the truth, you'll never be ready to do that. You'll never be ready to go outside and connect with the community. And it, I'm not sure how am I supposed to take the ancient apostolic orthodox faith to the world. I can't do that. I don't know much about it. Some of you will say just like me, I'm too shy. And I say, I don't know what to do. I don't know the Bible very well. Actually, Abuna, I don't know my faith that well to be able to go out and connect them with the, the community and bring them back to Christ. I don't think that's for me. Some people would say that. Some people would say, by the way, no one's ever going to want to come to our church. Our church is kind of weird. It's long liturgies. It's different. Some of us would say that, but I would hold on, okay? I know that we have that. And, And some of us would say, and I've heard this before, Abuna, people don't want God anymore. Like people out there, they don't want God anymore. So why should we even go to the community and connect with them to connect them with Christ? They don't even want. Some of us would say that. Some of us would say this, and I think it's true, this statement I'm going to say right now, is we have so much work to do inside the church 
we don't have time to go outside the church. I've been told that many, many times. And Abuna, look, I know you're from mission and evangelism, and that's nice for you. But Abuna, we have 10,000 things to do inside the church. We can't really, ha- we don't have time, like we can't get out there. It's okay, we would love to go outside. We would love to do this mission outside our community, but we just don't have time. There's so much to do outside. You know what I think about that? Here's my answer to that is going outside strengthens what? Let's say it together. Strengthens inside. You know when you take a group of people in the church and there's no time and we have to do this ministry and this and this and there's so much to do. And by the way, we should do those things in the church. But I'm telling you, we can keep saying there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do inside the church. I know there is. I'm a priest. I know. But I'm telling you, I've seen it with my own eyes Going outside the church wall strengthens inside. And this is something I've been seeing with my own eyes for years. Because you know what? Going outside stretches us. It helps us to have that courage. It strengthens us. Right? Going outside. You know also, you know why? There's something happened recently at STSA. We had like a friends and family day where people come inside the church from friends and family. I'm telling you, this is no joke. When all the people that we invited were in the church with us, I've never seen our church members sing so loud in liturgy. I've never, I'm honestly, I was like, turn around, it's like, I had to turn around. You never, if you ever see a Buna turn around during liturgy, it's like, well, yeah. It's like, what happened? Well, you're singing because they're there, you want to show them. All of a sudden, it, it, it kind of gave, by the way, it gave us strength. It gave us strength to the, to the church. And by the way, that coffee hour, that when all the new people were there, it was like everyone was talking to everybody. Everyone was inviting everyone. It made this like spirit. Have you ever been, like I'm sure you have, the spirit in the church like, wow, this is amazing. Everyone is loving and welcoming. People are coming from outside. And the, the worship was even, even more amazing. I'm telling you, going outside the walls of the church strengthens inside. It keeps inside healthy. It keeps inside stretching and and challenging. It helps the inside fulfill their mission. So this is exactly what we want to continue is that, you know, yes, guys, we're going to leave this conference. We're going to make 10,000 reasons why we shouldn't go outside the walls and open our church to the community. Open the church for everyone. We're going to say 10,000 reasons why we can't do it. But going outside strengthens inside and like I said earlier one of the biggest excuses I've heard is Abuna people out there are they really going to like our orthodox church are they really want are they really going to want God are they ready to come in here's what I would have to say but I'm going to follow the words of our Lord when they said are they ready are the people ready out there you know what the answer is let's go to John 4 35 Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, this is a message for you and for me right now. Behold, I say to you from Christ, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. They're ready. They're ready. You said, oh, they're not sure if they're going to want to. Hey, they're in need, just like us. We're in need of God. We feel we're we're missing something. We're searching for our life purpose and meaning. We're searching for our more. So are they. So are they. They're also searching for their more. And you say, are they really going to want to come? Lift up your eyes and look at the fields, 
for they are ready white for harvest. Okay. Oh. That would help if the thing is up here, right, guys? <laughs> Joe, I told you not to pull it down. <laughs> I saw you, Joe. You pulled the thing down when I was not. Okay. All right, we're back, guys. We're back. So the people are ready. Just lift up your eyes for the harvest. Because, look, guys, growing up, I was kind of embarrassed about the church. I was like, how do they want to come in our church? It's kind of weird. But I'm telling you, our church has the healing, like we said during the liturgy, for the souls of the people. They're broken, they're worried, they're fearful, they're doubting. Our church has what the people are searching for. So Christ didn't stay inside the temple. As you know, he went outside the temple to reach out. You know the story of the Samaritan woman, the blind, the paralyzed, Zacchaeus. The disciples, the sick, everyone. He didn't stay inside the walls himself. So why, if we're going to imitate Christ, he went outside to reach the people where they are. And they are ready. Just like it says here. They are ready. And we've been saying the Great Commission over and over again this whole weekend. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. I don't have to tell you. Like, God before he ascended to heaven said, Hey, by the way, I'm leaving. But it's one little final message. Can you go out? and reach out and go to the community and tell them about me that was his final that was his final message so the ultimate mission to be honest was for everyone everywhere now that's not your job everywhere but everywhere that you are at that's our mission that's our more it has to be there and I know the church inside the walls needs work but going outside strengthens inside Going outside will bless inside. The ultimate mission is for everyone, everywhere. Christ led that mission. His disciples followed suit. And we will continue after that. Here's the deal, guys. We can no longer assume outside in this world, outside in our world, that people are actually inside churches. We can't assume that any longer. Maybe before. But right now, people are not in churches. People are not following God. We have to understand that's the real picture out there. But here's another big picture. Everybody out there that's not in churches and doesn't know God was created by God in the image of God. So naturally, naturally, this next part is true. All people have an innate hunger and desire for God. Everyone, I'm not talking about the people, like everyone, atheist, whatever. Every single person out there because why? God made this person, this person. God, this is all his children. So naturally inside of them, there is a need, a hunger for God. And they're, they're going to search just like, isn't it true for you? Don't you have a hunger and desire for God? And you're looking to be, like, that's the same for you, the same for them, same for me, all of us. So yes, we can't assume that people are following God anymore. And, and Abuna was sharing with me yesterday, like, the crazy Abuna and Abuna showing crazy stories about what people are doing nowadays in America I'm like like I thought he was joking there's no way I'm not going to go into it now because this is being recorded so I'm not going to say anything that they said but it was I was in shock to hear but at the same time those same people you know why they're doing that because of this they have this hunger that God created us every one of us but we're we have this hunger and desire for God 
It's never being filled. It's never being satisfied. So look, guys, why should you go out? Why should you go connect with your community? If you saw a hungry person, wouldn't you feed them? If there's a hungry person and we have all this food and they came into this place, I don't think you'd kick them out. I would say, here, just take a sandwich. People are hungry out there for, for God. Can't kick them out. We have to go find them and say, oh, by the way, I have this. If they say no, then that's not your problem. If they say, no, I don't, I don't need that. No problem. But at least we got to offer them. We got to share with them. We got to love them. We got to connect with them. That's our role. All people have an innate hunger and desire for God. They're ready. Just like Christ said in John 4, look out there, lift up your eyes. They're all ready. We got to take that personally. Like I said, we've been saying this over and over the whole thing. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go to all people, all ethnicities, all personalities, all churched, all non-churched, all orthodox, all non-orthodox. All those searching outside, no matter what. It's our role. Just go. Love them. Share with them. Because to be honest, we have to continue the Christmas mission we must fulfill the Great Commission. What's the Christmas mission? Why was God incarnate? On Christmas Day, He was incarnate on a mission. He was born to... On, like The Christmas is a mission. He, he's on a mission trip, by the way. Jesus had a mission trip. He came down to do mission. To save, to serve, to love. To return people back to Him. So our job is to fulfill it. This Christmas mission by fulfilling the Great Commission. It's our responsibility. To be honest with you, it's great to go on mission trips. Those trips have changed my life. But the most important mission is right outside in our church, in outside the church community where we are. People always say, Abuna, why should we go on a mission trip? I say, the only reason to go on a mission trip, and you want me to tell you this, only reason to go is to get a spark to come back to your home church and to do something in your home church. That would be a shame. I asked the mission, there was a time... Last October, I was supposed to go on a mission trip to Zambia. I couldn't because I hurt my leg. But they went. And when they came back, they were on fire. And I asked them a question. And they didn't like the question. I'm going to ask you the question. I said, if we were to tell the Zambian people, if, they were to, if the Zambian people were to ask you, the people who came back from Zambia on the mission, how is your mission in your country? What would you say to them? You get, my, you get my point? So, the missionaries from America, they go to Zambia, 10 days, they do mission, the Zambians are amazed. Before they leave, the Zambian people say, hey, can you tell me about your mission in America? Because what you did here was amazing. Can you tell me about what you did there? What would your response be? And they had no response. And that's a shame. Don't go on a mission trip unless you're going to do one thing. That mission trip will spark you for your mission here. You have a life of mission here in your home church. Wherever you go, your home church, there's something we have to do. We have to fulfill what God told us to do. You probably say, that's not for me. That's for so-and-so. Hey, God created all of us and He sent us this final mission. Go to all nations and, and share about who I am. So mission trips are great, but life of mission is better. This is a lifestyle. This is a way of life in the Orthodox Church. Orthodox Church, we take pride in what? We're the mission, we're the church of the apostles. Really? You sure? Can I tell you what the apostles did? The apostles did one, two, three. They were missionaries. So the DNA of the Orthodox Church has mission inside of it. We must 
bring that back. We're a church of martyrs, but we're a church of mission. It's time to go out. Now, if you didn't like the Great Commission, the Matthew 28, 19, then maybe you might like this one. This is from our Lord Jesus Christ speaking to God the Father. As you sent me into the world, what did he say to the Father? I also have sent them into the world. Our Lord is sending us. It's not Abuna. It's not the bishop. It's not anybody. Our Lord said in John 4, lift up your eyes, they're ready. He said here, I'm sending them into the world. He's sending us into the world. This is from him. This is not from us. This is not like a personal agenda, and this is our, our, our goals and our, our three-year plan, our five-year plan. This is God's. This is why the church exists. This is why we're here. Sending us to go outside the walls. Are you ready to go? Here's where I turn to be a little bit more specific. And I'm going to keep getting more specific in ideas, but this is not like a, a conclusive. This is not a, um, this, what I'm going to share with you is not everything that is out there. This is just like 1%, but I do want you to take notes. Sorry. Because I want you to write down something that maybe you will practice in your home church. This is the last day. So the worst thing you can do is leave and say, oh, I met some people and we left and we drank a lot of good coffee and we had to hang out and it was a great. I would like you to go out those doors with at least one item you can take to your life. That would be a dream come true for this conference. So what I'm about to say now, I'm going to drill down. I'm going to start here, but I'm going to go deep and I'm going to share some different ideas. These ideas are just some ideas. You have better ideas, I know. But I'm just going to start. But really what we need to think about mission is three main things. Some of them are obvious and some of them are not obvious. But here we go. Outside the walls will never work unless we're prayerful. What I mean by that is this. It's clear when in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, this is very true. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, okay? And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is the mission. This is God saying, I have a mission for you in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. But what came before it? You received what? You received what before you went out? You received the power of the Holy Spirit, then you became a witness. You see the point? You can't be a witness unless you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Now you saw Abun already have the Holy Spirit. Yes. But be prayerful is how you ignite the Holy Spirit inside of you so you can be a witness. So what I'm saying to you is you can plan to do a lot of community service, mission trips without being prayerful. I promise you. I promise you. It will have no impact whatsoever. Be prayerful. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Witness. Jerusalem, your home, your church, right? your community, and then wherever outside. So this, is, this has to be the first thing in our mission planning, our mission handbook, is be prayerful. Nothing will work out there. Because if we go out thinking we're going to be a hero and we're going to save somebody, I promise you'll not save one person. I know, I know you have your stories about miracles of prayer. But specifically, I have two that I remember that I want to share with you now. <clears throat> I remember before I was a priest, I was a high school coordinator in, in St. Mark's Church in Washington, D.C. And I remember this is like, 
I don't know how many years ago, a long time ago. Um, I remember a lot of the high school youth stopped coming to church. And I was just like put in charge of the high school youth. And I, I was like, did I do something wrong? As soon as I became the coordinator, <laughs> all the youth are gone. So I was really, I was honest. I was, and I tried to go visit them. I tried to talk to their parents. I tried to go and have fun with them. And I, tried, I tried to do everything. But you know what I discovered? Someone told me something. He said, look, write their names down. The whole group. And you guys know this elementary stuff. And pray with them with a matanya every day. So I put like the 70 kids on a paper. <clears throat> and I remember, I would say a name, I would do a matanya. Say a name, I would do a matanya. I didn't see anybody in, in, in the class. There was no, like it, was, it was empty. I, would, I kept doing that. And honestly, after some weeks, after some months, people started coming back. And actually when I spoke to them, they were more receptive. And I know that mission can't be done alone. We have to be prayerful. It's the power of God that helps me be a witness. And actually it helped me, by the way, to love them. And I discovered by praying for them, they love me. And I remember doing that for the how many years I was the high school coordinator. And the church, not because I did anything, it's because I prayed. So be prayerful in your mission. Before you try to go and revive the youth or reach out to your communities, I promise you, it will not work without being prayerful. The second story I have is we, we, we lost a few of our people in Zambia to um, another religion. And me and the other fathers, honestly, it came to a point where we we're pretty much in tears because we lost some of our, our deacons to another religion. I'm not going to say which religion, but you can probably guess. But anyways, so <clears throat> we tried everything. We tried every convincing way. We tried we tried every, I mean, the list of things that we did. Tried to put them in school, tried to do this, tried, tried everything. Nothing worked. Nothing worked. It came to the point where one day one of the fathers told me, one of the, 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 the fathers from Zambia told me, let's go in the altar and just pray for them every day. Let's meet at this time and pray for them every day. So we'd meet, some days we'd be crying, honestly. We'd be crying in the altar, crying for some of them because some really bad stuff happened to them. We couldn't believe kept doing that week after week month after month and they came back and not because we were such great convincing fathers because we were fathers we were people who were just prayerful and praying and praying and praying and what I would say is a side note I wouldn't underestimate praying for some of your family members or some of your church members or praying for the mission outside your community. I would start praying from now and I would, I would see, tell me how it is in a few weeks, in a few months, what God will do. I know you'll come back and say God is doing something. That's the real mission. Mission has to be ignited by the Holy Spirit and then we become witnesses. It doesn't happen. You don't become a witness and say, let's pray about it now. No, you be prayerful and the Holy Spirit will, will lead and will change and will open hearts. You can't open the hearts. You can plant in water, but you can't provide the increase. You know that. You can just plant in water, but you can't provide the increase. So be prayerful. Move them right along. Remember that. That's really important. Second one, be relational. What does that mean? We're designed by God to be in relationships with Him and with each other. We're designed for unity with God and unity with people. We need to build friendships. When I was sharing this with Abuna Timothy from STSA, he was like, 
We should just be human. Like, I was like, what do you mean, Abuna? It's like, that's just human. You should be friendly. So I, so I said, you're right, Abuna. Why am I even putting this? Like, so we should be human. We should build friendships with people that are not part of our church. Yes, of course, in the church. That's obvious. But even outside of our church. Be relation. So be prayerful, but be relationship. How can we take our ancient Orthodox apostolic faith to the world without building relationships. Do you expect to go and say, hey guys, we have the Orthodox Church, we're the original church, we're the true church, we're the first century church, we're that. You guys, I, I'm sorry about your church, just come, this is the real one, you, what you have is fake. But if you come here, you you think that's gonna happen, no one's gonna listen to it, they're gonna be like, okay, that, okay guy, funny guy. But gonna, they need us to build, we need to build friendships. This ain't gonna work without friendships. Like I said, this is a handbook this small little booklet about how to do mission outside the walls. Be prayerful. Be relational. Build friendships. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. And the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. This friendship, we can now talk to each other and give advice to each other. There's a relationship. It's such that it's described as perfume and incense. We love incense. We love the smell. So when you build friendships... And there's sharing of advice and encouragement. That's what's going to be the sweet smell to Christ. That's what's going to win. It's not that we... Like people ask me, what's the mission like in Zambia versus here? One common denominator is relationships. What made the church grow so much in Zambia is relationships. And this is what we're striving to do now. Is build friendships with people not just building friendships I have a quota to meet I have to bring people to church Abuna told us to bring people in. no you, you, and you build a friendship I promise you that friendship will be one that you will treasure it's not that you're doing it because you're going to feel sorry for someone here's Jesus no you're going to build a friendship that you're going to also one day benefit from it's going to come back to encourage you it's such an important thing it's like sweet incense and perfume we must build Friendships outside the walls. Not going out to sin with people outside the walls. People asked me that yesterday. I'm not talking about going out and, and doing sin and following what people are doing. But I'm saying connect with people. Because one day, they're going to need God. They have a hunger for Him. So do you. They're going to help you one day. They're going to return that. But it's our job first to reach out. That's what's going to bring them in. Reach out. Make an effort to reach out to people. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's the unknown. We said that yesterday. Reach out to our neighbors. There's something in my neighborhood that I haven't participated in yet, but I will. There's block parties twice a year. Why not join the block parties? I know there's drinking there, but <laughs> I'm not going to drink, but I'm going to join the party. I want to see what's going on. Okay? I'm just saying we can't be so disconnected. I'm, we have like I have so what we did and, and this is I'm just sharing a couple things what we did this Christmas because I kept saying to the congregation the same message at STSA and then they asked me what are you doing about it and I said um so I start so during Christmas time this past Christmas me and me and Dahlia and the kids we made like a like a, a basket of chocolates and and stuff and we did this in the church, and I did this at home as well. So we took it to every neighbor. There's like, t I'm in a townhouse, so there's like 10 neighbors. So we went first house, second house, third house. 
And there were some funny conversations we had with people, and there's people who sl- like slammed the door. I was like, okay, no problem. It's the kids, they're bringing you chocolate. The kids are bringing you chocolate. What's the problem? Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. But I was like, that's, I didn't say that to them, sorry. I'm just, I'm just letting out, I'm just letting out the stuff inside. Sometimes. <laughs> but I was just saying, where the kids are giving you, but anyways, 90% of the people were very kind and we started connecting with our neighbors. Just a simple gesture to, to, to connect and build relationships with people. One of the, the members of the church in, 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 in Leesburg said something so sweet I want to share with you. She shared me a cute story. She said one time she was in her neighborhood and she was just like so sad because she didn't have any friends in the neighborhood. And she wanted to have some friends in the neighborhood. So she was telling me the story. She said, you know what I did? I went and knocked on the door to another lady. And I said, when she opened the door, she said, hi, I'm, my name is so-and-so. And then she said, do you want to go to the movies? <laughs> That's all she did. She knocked on the door. And from one lady to another, she said, hey, would, would you like to go to the movies? And the lady on the other side said, like stared at her for a minute. <laughs> And she said, I would love to. And, they, and, then, and the story goes on. They went and they become best friends. And they started a women's Bible study on the whole block. And I was like amazed by that story. It's like, are you serious? So I said, if I go and knock on the door and say, you want to go to the movies? Is it going to work? I was like, I was really tempted to do that, but I didn't do it. But I, I, but I love the story. So she has all these friends she has. And she was courageous enough to do it. And she reached out. And got, you know, and built that friendship. And they have this women's Bible study that is really successful. So reach out to the neighbors, reach out to coworkers. Look, it's okay to have lunches. Um, find, look, we're not going to agree with everything people say, but we can find common ground. Let's find, we're always saying what's different about us than other people. What's similar? What do you have in common? Why not search for what's in common? Um, reach out to people at your gym. Maybe if you have kids, there's sports. There's one person recently at the church. Uh, she invited her dentist to the church. And she came and I met her. And I thought that was an amazing idea. I was like, you built a friendship with your dentist so much that I, I would hate my dentist after all this stuff. But they, she, built, she built a friendship with her dentist to the point where she invited her dentist to church. And I, I was really amazed. If you like biking or hiking, you can join a club for that or connect with people like that and... Um, reach out brings people in reach out with a smile be friendly be human as Father Timothy says Um, start conversations find common ground don't look for differences look for common ground Um, and enjoy so that's be prayerful that has to be there be relational I gotta build some friendships but here's where it gets really really more detailed and if you want to take some notes up to you last time I'll say be practical I'm gonna give you a whole bunch of practical stuff that you could try I'm not saying this is the final list but I would love to hear one day from you on other ideas but be practical there's you know it's it's good that we're going outside the walls and we want that we're we, we feel that we can do that but we can't just keep saying to you know we can't keep saying, I feel sorry for the people who don't know God. I feel bad for the people who don't know and don't... We can't keep saying that. Actually, David Livingstone, who went to, to Africa and to Zambia and discovered like he was a missionary, he said, sympathy 
is no substitute for action. I would challenge you guys today, it's time for, it's time for action. I don't want to. You don't want to. We must. Sympathy, feeling bad for people who are away from God, feeling bad for people who have a sickness that they don't have the cure for, is not acceptable anymore. It's no substitute for taking action. And that's why I'm going to go through some steps. Like I said, these are just I'll say these are just suggestions. I'm not telling you what to do, but here we go. Steps, action. Number one, this is something you could do with you or just you and your family or whatever. Identify and write down family and friends in your life. So I'll take a piece of paper. You don't have to do it now. Later on, take a piece of paper and say, let me write down everybody I know. From my dentist, this person at the gym. Write down everybody you know. Family, friend, acquaintances, you know, friends, everyone. Write them down. Even if you have a neighbors, if you can think of their name, if you know their name. Um, anything. Doctors, whoever. Just write them down. You have no, nothing's going to happen to you if you write their name down. So far, no sweat, right? It's easy. Identify them, write them down. Number two, what I told you earlier, pray regularly by name for them. What do you have to lose? How long is it going to take? How many friends do you guys have? <laughs> Just pray. <laughs> write down their names. Start praying for them by name. And then, this should lead you to number three is focus your efforts, narrow the list. So say you had 25 people you wrote down. You're praying for 25 people. After some time, you realize what? I only feel like I wanted to go with five. Narrow the list. Narrow the list even for prayer. Concentrate on those that maybe are more receptive to you in the beginning. Then I would say, let's move on to this. Like I said, this is not, I'm not saying law, I'm just saying suggestions. Strengthen your relationship with them. Try to have fun with them. Invite them over for a tea. Like go out to lunch. Go for coffee. Strengthen the friendship. You know, start more conversations. So you, look how it's progressing, right? You've identified, you're praying, God is leading you to less, and then you're going after those to, to strengthen. I know you're not going to do anything we're talking about, but just, just, just kind of like pretend. <laughs> just pretend with me. But if you do, you'll, you'll be amazed. If you really want to go outside the wall and bring the, the, the cure and the healing, and the, we can keep talking about it until we're 80. Or we can start. Now, so number four, we're not done yet. This is just strengthening your relationship. Number five is where it gets a little bit, just a little bit uncomfortable. Number one through four, I think it's okay. Right? Number five is enhance your witness. What does that mean? This means organically tell people maybe something that touched you from the, the Bible. See, by the way, I was reading this thing in Proverbs and it was talking about being foolish or being wise and it really touched me. You say it about yourself. Don't tell them anything for them, for yourself. Like enhance your witness. Send them, send them a, a verse. Right? Enhance your witness means take a little step of you have a friendship with them. You've connected with them. Take a chance to take it one step further. Even if you heard a sermon in the church that really touched you, maybe share it with them. I'm just saying enhance your witness just a little bit. 
start conversations with them, maybe talking about your fasting, maybe about the Great Lent, events happening in your church. Let the conversation be mixed, not only about that, but let there be a, a variety. That's enhancing your witness, because at the end of the day, the next step would be connect them to a church family, your church family. Now, it looks like a big jump, but it'll happen organically. Invite them to something that's happening in the church that may not be in the church. Let me say that again. Invite them to something with a church family that may not be in the church. Okay, I'm going to go through some examples of that. Are you guys with me or you guys are not with me? Are you with me? Okay, because we really have to, look guys, at some point, one generation is going to try this and, and do something. Hope it's us or you. You're younger than me. This generation is going to have to, we're going to have to do something eventually. Or we're going to keep talking about, we're going to have mission conferences and Amplify conferences till the end of our, like every year. And we'll be like, okay, but we have to, when we leave those doors, got to try something. At minimum, we're going to start praying for people. So now, here we're at the point where we want to connect them. So I'm going to tell you some different ways to connect them with the church family. So number six now, I'm going to drill down in number six. That makes sense? So I gave you six. I'm going to go a little bit deeper on just number six. Okay, so pay attention with me here. Just checking my microphone still working. It fell off. I'm jumping around too much. All right, number one. On number six. How to connect him to the church family. Events in the church. Let me explain. Sometimes we don't realize when we do like a young professional meeting, that meeting is the best place, like the eight, right? To invite people, right? Also, I want to just share something that I hate, but I think it'll be turned to something really good. The Egyptian bazaar and Egyptian festivals, I really think those could be the greatest mission ever if we actually used it in the right way. Events in the church. Do you know something else that works that we did at STSA? I'm just telling ideas. I don't know everything. Is that, you know when we have mission trips to Zambia and Bolivia? You know what we do? When the people come back from their mission, we have something called like a Zambia Day where they present. I've seen this at at St. Mark's. That's the best time to invite people to that presentation. Why? We've done it before. The people go, I can't believe your church is doing all these missions and they're doing all these things around the world. See, people are seeing, it's very, very harmless. They're coming and they're seeing what you did on your mission trip. So when there's a, a Zambia day or Bolivia day or, or where you guys going? You guys go to the Philippines. I think someone's going to the Philippines, the Southern Diocese. When you come back, make a big thing about it. Invite family and friends. Why? Event in your church that people are, would love to hear about. Right? I'm just giving ideas. Of course, you know, you could do stuff on Memorial Day. Independence Day. Let me tell you what we did in Zambia. Independence Day is October 24. Their colors are green, black, and orange. The colors of the flag and the colors of, that we take pride in. So we would have in the church on October 24 or the nearest Sunday a big festival in the church. We would do this every year. We would, everyone would come with their, their Zambian colors. We would have the Zambian food, Zambian songs, and, and even cultural things. And we invite everyone from the community to come. That church that day is more packed than Easter and Christmas. I'm telling you. Everyone is coming in the church and we're just enjoying Independence Day. So maybe we can figure out how to enjoy Independence Day here in a different way. Look, I want you to put it in your own context. But events in the church can really, really make a difference. 
And we did that Independence Day every year and many people came. This past year here at STSA Church, we did something that you guys know very well, something called Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving is Thanksgiving dinner on a day that's way like a, a weekend before or two weekends before. Honestly, I was so proud of the church. I think there was like 150 people at this event and half of them were people that are not Orthodox. It was incredible. And I couldn't believe that our church members were connected with so many people out there. They brought them to this event and it was harmless. It was just Thanksgiving dinner. And it put, it was such a great spirit. But I'm just saying events in the church that we can, we can invite people to that's not so intimidating. I know you guys have a million ideas. But you can utilize Christmas parties, Thanksgiving, Veterans Day for vets. You can do something for them. MLK, do stuff. Sports competition, leisure groups. We do something in STSA monthly. Every month we go out. I'm in Leesburg, not Arlington. There's another location. We do something called Taste of Leesburg, where once a month we have a lunch out in Leesburg and we invite the new people from the church and then we invite people who are not from the church. We just go out to lunch somewhere. It's Sunday after church. We go out to lunch once a month. It's called Taste of Leesburg. It's amazing. New people come in. We have almost 20, 30 people new every time just enjoying a monthly lunch. Other ideas, outreach dinners, even someone, I haven't tried this one yet, blood drives, health fairs. We did this one in Baltimore, backpack drive. We did a backpack drive in Baltimore in the church SBSS with Father David. Many, many people came in from the, brought their children for, to get backpacks. Amazing. So the whole point is, I know I told you the six things, but when it comes time to invite people to the church, after praying for them and, and, and invite them, you, we have things that we can do. Just need, look, you are more creative than, 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 definitely more than me. I'm just sharing what I've seen and what I've done, but I'm sure some of you, you're more, your gift is doing stuff like this. Some of you in this room today are naturals at this. I'm not a natural at this stuff. We need you. We need you in your church to be part of something like that. So this is events in the church, but I wouldn't... Here's another one. Events in the community. Not in the church, but in the community. We have something recently where we have a, like a theme called STSA Loves Leesburg. Where here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing I'll ask you and I'll tell you what we do. By the way, we're very, very, very new at this. I'm not, we haven't done this for years. We're just trying different things. But a question someone asked me one time. I want to ask you this question. If your church was removed from that city and that community, would anybody outside of that church even notice? You know what I'm saying? If your church... Someone asked me this question. I was like, um... What's gone? But anybody around that community, not the people inside, inside of course, but anyone outside say, hey, what happened to those Coptic people? They were always helping us. They are always caring for us. They are always... We need to be part of the community. And I prefer, this is what I always say, I prefer the community that's around your church. Because what's the point of doing something? You can. I'm just saying, you can do something anywhere in the world. But especially around your church. Let the people know, like I want people in Leesburg to know that we exist, you know? So even to the point where we met the mayor of, the, of, of Leesburg and the town of Leesburg, we met the sheriff 
and we met the board of supervisors. And I know you guys do this too, but I just met, I said, we're here. We want to be able to, to, you know, be part of the community. We've done, of course, community service repeatedly in that same community so people know who we are. So, and someone told me this idea when I was at a conference. I haven't tried it yet. It said, connect with local businesses. I haven't done this yet like Chick-fil-A or restaurants or mom and pop shops and like do events with them and bring your people to them and even get, get your coffee gift cards from those local coffee shops and connect, connect the community. Like there should be things happening in the community. Connect with the community so that eventually we can connect them with him. So number one, let's go back just for one second, is events in the church. Number two is events in the community. And you guys keep going. I can talk forever. Number three is connected to a church service. You probably see a church service is kind of intimidating. I did something recently, and I know you've done better than... I invite, we invited them before the Friendsgiving. We invited them to Vespers. And what we had, we had a Thanksgiving. It said, Happy Thanksgiving. On the back, it was the Thanksgiving prayer. It's Thanksgiving. So it was a Thanksgiving prayer. And they said, Happy Thanksgiving. And during the Vespers, I explained to them every part of the Vespers before we went to have the, the Thanksgiving. So they took this prayer home, and people took it home to pray. But I've never had so many comments from non-Orthodox people saying, I, didn't, I, didn't, I never understood what you guys are doing in the church. I've always seen, but I never understood. Thank you for explaining the service. Yeah, at some point, in your own way, have something that's a church service that you can explain to them what you're doing inside. Sometimes people said educational liturgy and so forth, but church service is so important. And by the way, I, I realized something since I came back talking to some people from non-Orthodox. You know what they love in our church? Besides, like, they're intrigued by the weddings, they're intrigued by the, some of the services, but they're also intrigued, which I was surprised, about the Igbeya. Then when they took the Igbe, they said, this is amazing. You guys have prayers that you can pray all the time? I'm like, yeah. I said, so they were excited. They said, can I have one? So I, I was surprised. Stuff that we have in the church, hey guys, people outside, they might love it more than you. They might crave it more than you. You know, they, they're, when they understand what we're doing in the service, they might learn something more than you did. So I would say, Let's learn all these things. Let's enjoy. In, in the workshop, I said, let's live out our faith, but let's not be afraid to explain what we're doing inside the church. Before, share resources with people. I like someone said, well, I think one of the people yesterday said, um, they got a podcast of the eight or the well or something. Share, share podcasts, share sermons, share series, share books. Share with people stuff. Like, send people stuff. Like, don't be afraid to share with that same group that you connected with. The same friendships that we're, we're connecting with. Don't be afraid to share and send people things. They really will appreciate it. Like, you're not intimidating them because you're, you're not saying, come to church and be in the church. You're just sharing things, and it might, might encourage them. might support them. So be prayerful. Be relational. Be practical. What are the three things that we need to do in our mission? Be what? Prayerful. prayerful. That we can't, if we don't do that, I promise you, the other two is a waste of time. What's the second one? Be? Let's connect. 
Let's connect. We talked about that. And the third one is what? B? There's lots of things we can do. I just named, honestly, 1% of what you probably could create even better. A survey by the Institute for American Church Growth surveyed 15,000 people. Almost 90% of them answered they came to church and to Christ because of the influence of a friend or relative. Let me say that again. Almost 90% of the people that are in this survey said they came to church and to Christ because of the influence of a friend and relative. Your role is bigger than you think. People out there, you would think that they don't, they would think our church is strange. I disagree. If we actually present our beautiful church in a way to them that they would see the truth, they will love it, they'll be healed by God, they'll be probably stronger believers than us, and then they will turn around and encourage you. It'll be reciprocated. This is huge, but it's 90%, according to this survey, would come because of an influence of a friend. People around our communities are hungry for him. They are hungry for him. We, can't, we say we can't do anything. There's no way. But God says, go, go, go. I'll give you power to do it. And Brother Andrew, a missionary, said, the work of the church is not just survival. She exists to fulfill the Great Commission. It sounds like the church is just trying to make it. We're just trying to get Sunday school teachers. We're just trying to finish the, 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 the weekend and get back to the, the weekday. No, it's not for survival. It's not just trying to survive. It exists for the Great Commission. Guys, it's been a fun weekend, but it's time to go. It's time to go, but it's time to work. It's time to do something action. You can leave. Just say, wow, that was great. We can go do something. The best way you can say thank you, God, for this weekend is to take a step towards doing something. Remember, we just said, just take a step. I can't wait to hear more about stories from your churches. I'm going to be trying too. I'm going to be failing. We're going to keep trying. And we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep building relationships. And I can't wait to see what God will do with our church as we amplify God's mission outside the walls. It's unknown. It's uncomfortable. But it's our life mission. It's what we're created to do. Don't wait longer than that. Let's pray for that. And pray for one another. Pray for me. Glory be to God forever. Amen. Let's stand up for prayer.